If nothing changes, if no guidance or wisdom is passed on, then it stands to reason that a foolish child can become an even greater fool as an adult. And that often creates greater problems for the greater community. But there are insidious dangers when fools work their way into positions of influence and authority. We're talking educators, journalists, media personnel, writers and artists, even mental health professionals and clergy. And things can become cataclysmic for entire countries when fools somehow find their way into the ruling class. From lawmakers to law enforcers, judges to mayors, governors and presidents, and closer to home, even school board members. Well, since these fools do sail their ships into the influential waters of today's American culture, as parents, we need to help identify, expose, and then help correct the insanity that guides these ships, lest our kids fall prey to the fools who sail them. Without real wisdom, today's kids will continue to be plagued by foolish notions, anxiety, and chaos, while our adults will continue to be plagued by division and partisan politics. Imparting wisdom to our kids and avoiding being run aground by a ship of fools. That's next on License to Parent. Well, ahoy, as they say in the shipping industry, and welcome to this week's edition of License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for troubled teens and, by extension, their families. Now, piloting our ship uh, through today's troubled waters is our own captain, Trace Embry. He's the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill. And I'm Rich Rosel, the guy hoisting the mainsail and sweeping the poop deck. The uh, little buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Permission <laughs> to come aboard, sir. <laughs> uh, Trace, today we, uh, we want to talk about wisdom uh, being the antidote to foolishness. And that is, of course, the case all day long. But, but we do live in a time where common terms often get redefined mm-hmm. from their original intent. And um, the term wisdom itself is not an exception, is no, it? You're right. Uh, so Wikipedia defines wisdom as having good judgment. But uh, in today's postmodern world, even the, the term good is only as good as good's defined. Uh, without an absolute moral component in, in the definitions of both wisdom and good, uh, both are virtually meaningless. I mean, think about it. Uh, a good time to a fool might mean vandalizing a, a neighborhood or molesting a bunch of kids. Uh, while wisdom to a fool might simply mean devising a plan to get away with it all. Some would call that street wisdom, but is the fool's definition of good actually good in the absolute true sense of the word? Of course not. True wisdom always requires a moral component to it. As I see it, Rich, the uh, the redefinition of terms is the root of uh, so many American problems today, and that includes the problems that parents are having with their kids. Redefining terms is how that ship of fools you talked about in the opening creeped into our ruling class to begin with. It's also why they stay five squares behind the real problems they claim they want to solve. They talk about love. It means lust. They talk about freedom. But it's not the freedom to do what you ought. Ought implies an absolute. It's now the freedom to do what you want. Uh, Then there's gay marriage. I mean, how is that not on par with trying to measure a four-sided triangle? I mean, call it a union if you must. But it's not a marriage as defined by all of secular history. Forget what, what God says about it. It's like saying I'm the brother of an only child or I can't speak a word of English. We now call women men and men women, depending on how they feel on any given day. I mean, try to put any objective truth, reality, or real science in the equation. Uh, we're called haters, bigots, and racists. Common sense no longer exists. It can't because we no longer share a common ideological or moral point of reference. So despite the smokescreen created by this ship of fools, our nation's division 
uh, isn't really about race or even about politics, really. It's, it's really about ideology and the very fundamentals of life, what it means to be human, what it means to be male or female. Does God exist? What's God like? Can we know God? Uh, get those things right. The politics will take care of itself. But the God we say we trust, the God on our money, that God has been swapped for other gods that half the country doesn't mind bowing down to. And I'm talking about the gods of sex, drugs, rock and roll, entertainment, digital technology, money, self, government, of course. Fools choose to serve these gods because they don't think these gods tell you how to live. But they do. They absolutely do. And much more than the fool realizes. What fools can't choose, however, are the consequences of serving these gods. So if we can't agree on the basics of reality using the brains God gave the average school kid, where are we going, Rich? I mean, I can tell you where our kids are going. They're going nuts. And it's largely because they've been groomed by a sick culture. We're nuttier than squirrel dung. I mean, the foolishness that's permeated our ruling class and intelligentsia has now become systemic to our entire culture because we don't think critically anymore. And why should we? Google does it for us. And uh, if you want to know how the, the National Association of Therapeutic Schools and Programs defines culture, they define it like this. It's the ideas, institutions, and interactions that tell a people group how to think, feel, and act. Well, mission accomplished. Rich, we can't keep allowing our kids to be deluged with the same cultural slime as the garden variety heathen and expect that they can't get groomed for mental illness too. Sin, foolishness, and mental illness are all related, and they all lead to destruction and death. So we've got to park the smartphones, certainly long enough to have some real conversations with our kids anyway, and teach them how to identify and properly define these terms. Book of Proverbs, great start. Then we have to model true wisdom before them uh, because more is caught than taught. Uh, that's when Junior's attitude and behavior can transform into what is truly wise and truly good. And that's when parenting becomes a joy. I see it every day at Shepherd's Hill Academy. So I'm really excited to hear what today's guest has to say uh, that, that can help us keep our kids from going down with the ship of fools that he's writing about. Well, today's guest is no stranger to what culture is doing. He's no stranger to most in America as well. He currently serves as the host of Fox News Channel's Tucker Carlson Tonight, which would give away who we're talking to. Uh, prior to coming to Fox, he served as co-host on CNN's The Spin Room and Crossfire. He hosted Tucker on MSNBC and founded the successful conservative-leaning website, The Daily Caller. He lives in Washington, D.C. with his wife and his children. Incidentally, something that would be uh, of interest to us, he has produced some specials about the issues challenging our kids back in 2010. He did a great one with Fox, and we might be able to drag that into the conversation as well. Uh, Tucker Carlson has written two books. The first was an autobiography of his time at CNN called Politicians, Partisans, and Parasites, My Adventures in Cable News, and the book we've invited him here to discuss today, one that has just come out, Ship of Fools, How a Selfish Ruling Class is Bringing America to the Brink of Revolution. Tucker, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Thanks for having me. Tell us about your book, Ship of Fools, and how it might be helpful for parents who, who still don't believe that the American culture by itself could be contributing to some of, uh, if not many, of Junior's attitudinal and behavioral issues. Well, I don't think there's any parent who's paying attention who thinks that. I mean, the culture's rotten, and people who... The, the popular culture, the broader culture's rotten, and, and people who have, you know, m more traditional views about how to raise kids or organize the society, you're highly aware of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, because how can you not be? Yeah. Every, everywhere you turn, the system is designed not simply to 
throw propaganda at your kids, but to insult you and mm-hmm. your values. Like, it's, so in other words, it's not just about changing your mind. It's about forcing you to obey and crushing you if you don't. Mm-hmm. So I, I think people are very aware of what the problems are. The question is, what do you do about it? Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that in general, and I'm not sure quite what the term is to use, conservatives, that's not exactly right. You don't need to be conservative to agree with us. I'm not even sure what conservative means anymore. Right. But if you're against the values of the revolution in progress, and I, I certainly am implacably opposed, mm-hmm. and I assume you are too, Absolutely. what do you do? And I, as a parent and mm-hmm. as, a, as a husband, and I think maybe the first thing you do is stop being so passive. Right. I, I have four children, and I know that in my own life, you know, I've sat through an endless number of parent-teacher conferences or lectures from administrators in school, or I've been you know, endlessly hit up by fundraisers from the various schools that my children have attended. And very rarely have I raised my hand to say, you know, what you're saying is a lie. Right. And moreover, you have no right to say it. I'm not sending my child to the school to have you take control of the kid's brain and make him hate me and the culture that produced him, my mm-hmm. culture. Right. You know, stop, or I'm opting out. And, and it's amazing to me the number of people I know with my views, other parents, friends of mine, relatives of mine, who come back from these, these exchanges they have with, their, with the people who have power over their children, frustrated, ranting about it, but not having said anything about it. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're, a, let me put it this way, if you're a gay couple and you've adopted children and you're at some school event and a school administrator said something like, you know, I don't think gays should have kids, they'd flip out. Right. I mean, first of all, there'd be like a federal lawsuit filed. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm serious. No, and, I, and, and, I, I, and I get a complaint. It. And, but there would be a huge amount of noise and the local television station would be alerted and it would be a big deal because there's no expectation if you're a gay couple with adopted kids, you have to sit and listen to this. Like, and they're not going to. Mm-hmm. And I think that people on the other side can learn something from that, which is you don't have to put up with this garbage. It Why is do garbage. we, though? Why do we? Because We I... do it because we're, to, because we're not liberals. And for liberals, <laughs> politics is the center of life. There's no God. Well, it is their God. And, politics and is their so, God. Right, that's exactly right. It takes the place of a religion. Right. And when, when mainline Protestantism collapsed in this country, which really was the faith of the ruling class, the Episcopal Church, of which I'm actually still a member, mm-hmm. was the national church, the national cathedral, is an Episcopal cathedral. That was the religion of the people who made most of the decisions. And of course, it, it went away. Mm-hmm. My church is still vibrant, but it's just a building. You know, it's just one church. But the national church is dead, as you know. And so people have a religious instinct and they replace that instinct with politics and the acquisition of political power. Mm-hmm. This is all very obvious. But the, anyway, the point is, liberals don't feel like they need to put up with challenges to their worldview because their worldview is so important to them. Yeah. Conservatives don't see it that way. They just Politics is a way to make room for the things that matter, their families, their, their God, their jobs. Um, they need to rethink that a little bit. There's no reason that you should sit and watch your family and your values attacked without fighting back. And I don't mean with violence, obviously, with right. war, but with debate and with stubbornness. Be difficult. No, you're not doing that. And I'm going to make a ton of noise, and I'm going to embarrass you, and I'm not going to be embarrassed. Mm. I mean, it's it literally, I mean, how, 
I don't know, how did segregation end in the South? I mean, yes, federal troops were sent to Little Rock and the University of Mississippi, but mostly they weren't sent. We didn't reoccupy the South. It wasn't Mm -hmm. Reconstruction Part 2. The reason that it ended was because the individual said, this is appalling that you're doing this, and I'm going to make so much noise that you're embarrassed to keep doing it. That's actually what happened. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know why conservatives wouldn't do the same. And the next time you're sitting there and someone says, oh, old white men, so wait a second. Oh, Why are you attacking people on the basis of their race? Right. People right. don't choose their race, so you shouldn't attack them on the basis of that. That's racism. Mm-hmm. You just say that every single time. Yeah. And be loud about it. I mean, honestly, I think that's Hitler a did it. part of the answer. I mean, Hitler, you know, he just regurgitated lies often enough, and people believed it. But don't you think the church has kind of become a microcosm of the culture and an honest attempt to try to draw people into the church? And I think it's boomeranged on us. I don't know if you're familiar with Oswald Chambers, but he had, he made a statement. Yeah, of uh, the church ceases to be a, a spiritual society when it's on the lookout for its own enterprise. They're, they're not speaking things that are relative where the rubber meets the road, particularly to parents. How, when's the last time a parent you, know, you talked to actually attended a PTA meeting or a PTO meeting, if they even have those things anymore? They don't speak up. You're, you're exactly right. What's it going to take to light a fire under our people to, to help get things turned around here? I don't know. Watch your kids grow up to hate you and hate your values <laughs> yeah. and fail in life and not get married and not have children. Right. You know, a challenge with that, though, is I think a lot of parents watch their kids grow up to hate them at age seven and eight and and think, oh, no, you know, this is destined to be horrible moving on. And rather than standing up and, and facing them and say, look, you don't have to like me now, but you do have to obey me and maintaining their role as the parent rather than trying to be liked by their kids at that moment, that may keep the kids from hating them later on. Yeah, I mean, that, but that, I would say that's such an obvious parenting point that anybody who grew up in a strong family with a strong present father and has a normal marriage is going to reach that conclusion because it's just too obvious. So really what you're talking about is the, the reason people don't reach that conclusion is because you know, almost half of all children in the country are born out of wedlock. So when the family right. is destroyed, the lessons that you learn from growing up in a functional family are lost. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know any parent in a happy marriage with a happy family that he grew up in who's letting his kids run the house. Like, that's insane. Like, no person would do that. It's so obviously a bad idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you yeah. talk about obvious. I'm telling you, I work with parents every day, uh, virtually every day, and I see Christian parents overlook the obvious all the time. The thing- I believe that, but then if you ask them, like, did they ask them questions, like, how did you grow up? You know, did you have a strong present father? Yeah. I mean, maybe they did, but I would bet you if you looked at it systematically, you would find out the majority didn't. Because if you grew up in a house, mm-hmm. not with an overbearing, harsh father, but like a right. father who was, right. you know, decisive, right. who's a man, who's a leader, like, there's no way you would ever Here's the problem. Here's the problem, though. You, you've got parents who have a particular worldview, hopefully a, a, a you know, Christian, biblical worldview, and then you've got Junior who goes off to public school. Uh, with his smartphone, uh, which is this addictive adult toy that he has 24-hour access to, he's having the culture rammed down his throat 24-7. And so his parents look like oddballs compared to, you know, uh, all the rest of the world. You're right. The smartphone is, is heroin, and it kills yeah. people. And I've done a, 
ton of shows on this. I think it's directly related to the suicide rate, which, as you noted in your intro, has grown dramatically and ignored. And I think that has a lot to do with it. I think there are probably a bunch of factors. Collapse of the family, Mm -hmm. the huge increase in the prescription of psychopharmaceuticals to kids, which is insane. Oh, boy. And as far as there's a lot going on, as you guys know, since you do it for a living. Right. But I would say what's worked for me when you are raising kids in a family that's at odds with the culture around you, which is what I've done, I, I think the culture is disgusting. But in you're intentional. Ways, you're, you're probably intentional. I'm intentional. But if you tell the kids, look, if you just say, look, just because everybody thinks something doesn't mean it's true. Right. We like all of our neighbors. They're great people. We're a little different. We're not like everybody else. Honestly, we're a little bit cooler than they are. I'm not trying to be judgmental, <laughs> but we're a little bit cooler. Okay. And so they may be doing, you know, whatever they do, but that's not what our family does. We have a separate and distinct identity, a separate and distinct understanding of ourselves, a separate and distinct culture. Again, we're not judging, and we're still friends with them. We love them, but we're not going to do it that way because we're just different from the way they are. And I think that works. And, like, kids like that. They like to be part of an exclusive club, which in this case is called Your Family. We need to take a quick break here. We're talking today with Tucker Carlson, host of Fox News Channel's Tucker Carlson Tonight and author of the book that we're discussing, Ship of Fools, How a Selfish Ruling Class is Bringing America to the Brink of Revolution. More conversation after this. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the Internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at licensedtoparent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org.
Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. You can find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And today we're talking with Tucker Carlson, host of Fox News Channel's Tucker Carlson Tonight. And we're talking about his brand new book, Ship of Fools, How a Selfish Ruling Class is Bringing America to the Brink of Revolution. Uh, Tucker, we've been talking, obviously, about uh, the parent-child relationship here and changes that parents need to make and how they are parenting. But your book is aimed at what America as a whole needs to be doing. So help us bring it into port. And uh, and what is your prescription for uh, for America's future? How can we turn this around? Well, how much time do you have? I've got about eight hours of material on that. I mean, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> a, a few minutes. I, you know, I'm only 49, so I don't want to become a crank or, or a professional critic of a country I grew up in and love. I, I, I mean, there are many, but I, if I could, one thing I'm thinking a lot about recently is death. And it seems to me one of the main problems with the way people think about themselves and their lives is they don't acknowledge that not only do they end inevitably, but they're not in charge mm-hmm. of when that happens. Right. And so the distinction I see between people is not, just, you know, it's not along color lines or even economic lines, but it's between people who believe that they're God and people who don't. And when you know that you're not God, and you know that ultimately you're not in control, you can make good choices, but that doesn't guarantee specific outcomes. We're not the product exclusively of our choices. There are a lot of major things that are not under our control that are God's will or fate or whatever you think they are, but they're not the product of human will. Do do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not just the best people who become the most successful. Why did the girl in your fifth grade class die of leukemia? Because she made bad choices? No, because... We're not in control. Who knows? We'll find out when we, when we die, I hope. Right. But I, would, I think it's very important to remind people that they are not God, that you yeah. cannot control things entirely because it puts everything in perspective. So I always say to my kids, you know, you don't get to determine when you die. You can't add and I'm, I'm, I'm quoting a famous person here, a single day to the length of your life. And once you know that, I don't know, it produces a humility, or it's certainly a guard against hubris that makes you much wiser. Mm-hmm. It really does. It, it, almost all the big lies that we tell each other and that we hear from our leaders, abortion, for example, what's the attachment to abortion of our elites? I mean, most I know a lot of them, they're not running out to have abortions. They think it's disgusting. They would never want their daughters to have abortions, but they would literally stop the government in its tracks to keep abortion legal. Why is that exactly? It's because abortion to them is tangible proof that they're in charge of life and death. Hmm. They want to preserve the right to kill because it preserves the illusion that they're in charge of the universe. And, and that's always been the appeal of human sacrifice. That's why the Aztecs did it, because it affirmed their belief that they were the deciders. And I think once you realize that you're not, in the end, the decider, you become much more humane, that your life falls into much sharper perspective. I think it helps you become a more decent person. And as I said, I think it makes you much wiser. So I begin every single day by reading the New York Times obituaries, and I do it because interesting. they're interesting, and I think you pay tribute to a person's life by reading about his life, 
But more than any other reason, I do it to put my own life in perspective. This will end. This is a point on a continuum that goes on forever into eternity. And that, that just that helps me make good decisions all day long. You know, it, it makes the unimportant things seem unimportant. And it puts the important things into stark relief. Yeah. Meditate on the end of life and you will become a happier, wiser, calmer person. Believe it or not, we actually drive that point home to a lot of our kids here. Uh, you're a thinking person. Uh, you know, 15-year-old, 16-year-old, you know, they think you're going to live forever. Uh, do you have any uh, counsel on how you can make a, uh, a 15-year-old who's still, you know, 10 years removed from having his frontal lobe fully developed to really start thinking about that? Because these kids, what got them to Shepherd's Hills, they don't, they don't look beyond any other nose. They, don't, they think they're going to live forever. They wouldn't say that. But by the way they conduct their affairs, uh, that's really how they've been living their life. That's what got them here. Their best thinking yeah, got them here. I don't here. think kids hear anything you say. I think they're like dogs. They only hear their name. <laughs> that's why they're here for a year. They, 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 they do what you do. They, they, they... Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to teach children, have them watch you yeah. and live in a way you want them to emulate. I, I chewed tobacco all my life. I did Copenhagen, which... Is delicious, I would say. I don't think it's good for you. But, I, you know, from childhood, I chewed Copenhagen. And I would always say to my son, man, whatever you do, don't chew this garbage. You know, it's not, I enjoy it, but it's not good for you. Women hate it. It's probably, you know, going to be illegal, whatever. And my you wife always funny. said, you should not dip in front of him. I said, you're not going to dip. It's disgusting. I've told him a hundred times, don't dip Copenhagen. Like, who would do that? Turn 50. He would. Dip Copenhagen. <laughs> yeah, of course. And my wife says, very wisely, you did this. And I said, you're right, I did. And I did it by modeling the behavior. He didn't yeah, hear yeah. a single thing I said. He only watched. Yeah. yeah. Well, more. what is it? More is caught than taught. Absolutely. So. That's, the, that's kind of the motto around here. Yeah. <laughs> I had, a, I had yeah. a buddy who all his life as a kid, he says, uh, yeah, when can I smoke? He says, when you're 16. 16th birthday comes in uh, in the house. That's when you smoked in the house. And he has a cigarette in his mouth. Dad yanks it out of his mouth. And he says, what are you doing, Dad? He says, you told me I could smoke when I was 16. He yanks it out of his mouth. He says, let's make it 17. <laughs> <laughs> keep That's keep it moving good. well tucker your your time is precious and i know you've got a lot going on and we are so grateful for the time that you've taken to be with us today That's on right. licensed to parent thanks for writing this book and uh what's the best way for folks to find it uh you go right online it's called ship of fools and any bookstore any uh, online bookseller okay and uh and it's there good deal absolutely well blessings to you thanks for all your work and uh we hope to catch up with you again another time Thanks, gentlemen. I appreciate it. God okay. bless you. Keep Thank you, sir. Great work. Excellent. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And our guest today has been Tucker Carlson. He is host of Fox News Channel's Tucker Carlson Tonight. And again, the book we've been discussing today, Ship of Fools, How a Selfish Ruling Class is Bringing America to the Brink of Revolution. And as Tucker just said, that book... Uh, has just been released. It's available wherever you get your reading material. <laughs> and this is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Uh, incidentally, if you've missed any of our past conversation with guests talking about parenting from a variety of slants, we would invite you to go to licensedtoparent.org, and there you can find previous programs. Licensed to Parent is produced to share some of the hard lessons that come from working with troubled teens day after day in the hopes that your family might avoid some of the heartache and avoid the need for a residential program for your teen. 
As always, if you can help our work financially, and we do hope you will, please click the donate button at the top of the page at licensedtoparent.org and become one of our ministry partners. Your gift can help the work we do at Shepherd's Hill and can help less fortunate families who may need residential care but can't afford it. A donation in any amount is certainly a blessing, and unfortunately, the need is always great. Once again, please click the donate button when you visit licensedtoparent.org, and thanks in advance. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to join us again next time and once again renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.